Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. We thank you for tuning in to us. You can hear us Monday through Fridays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m. Again, that's 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock p.m., Monday through Fridays. And again, you can hear us on uh, Sunday mornings from 8.30 a.m., until 10 o'clock a.m. We want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the worship and the word. We have a lot of great speakers uh, through the week. We have Apostle Lockamy, we have Reverend Rice, and we have others who who really have blessed our souls. So let us listen to Apostle Lockamy at this time. We would encourage you to tune in on Thursdays from 7 o'clock to 8 o'clock, where you can hear him each and every week and through the week as well. He's a man of wisdom and a man that can rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. Have you truly forgiven? That means so 
that have done you wrong, folks that have lied on you, folks that have cheated on you, a broke up marriage, have you truly forgiven that husband who walked out on you? Wives, have you truly forgiven that husband that walked out? Husband, have you truly forgiven that wife that walked out? Girlfriend, boyfriend, have you truly forgiven him for walking out on you, running away with some other woman, some other man? So many things come that we must forgive for. Have you truly forgiven that supervisor? Have you truly forgiven that person that lied on you, delivered their lives, made you lose your job? Maybe they broke up your marriage. Maybe they broke up the choir. Uh, maybe they caused trouble in the church. Whatever the case may be, whatever they've done, we have to forgive them. We can't come to a conclusion that it's okay to walk around with unforgiveness in our heart. But the Bible says we must forgive. It's God's commandment, His ordinance, that we forgive. We not hold these things over people's heads. And you're not forgiving them for their sake. You're forgiving them for your sake. Because a lot of times you can forgive people, and they don't care whether you forgave them or not. They could care less when you forgave them. You're not doing it to make them smile. You're not doing it to get back in a good relationship with them. You're doing it because God told you to do it. When you forgive, you free yourself. You don't free others. You free yourself. When you walk around with unforgiveness, you walk around in prison. You have been prison yourself you are in with that hurt. You have been prison yourself with whatever that person did to you. Now, every time you see them, it's going to come back up again because you have not forgiven them. And now you're in bondage. And now you're in prison by unforgiveness that, that, that keeps on hurting over and over again. And every time you, the situation come up, there you go. But God wants you to let it go. God wants you to truly forgive don't 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 say you forgave and and, and not truly forgive because I mean I'm on, at my own witness I've been there where I thought I had forgave but just when the person I saw that person I began to talk about somebody brought that person's name up I began to talk about what that person did for the next hour any time that somebody bring that person's name up or that person be confronted you and you get an attitude and you get angry you get upset you have not forgiven the Bible said be angry and sin not. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be upset with people when they do you wrong. God said you can be angry. But what God don't want you to do is let that anger grow. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be angry for a moment, but you don't need to be angry for a year. You don't need to be angry for a month or angry for a week. He, meant, he said don't let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't let grass grow up under this anger that you got against some people. Maybe it was your father, maybe it's your mother, maybe it's your sisters or your brother, maybe it's your grandparents. Maybe it was a family member that molests you. Maybe it was a father that molests you, a mother that molests you, or a family member that molests you. Uh, maybe it was a rape case. We don't know what it is. And I know that it's so 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 bad to know that you have to forgive somebody who raped you, somebody who molests you, somebody who personally hurt you. I know it's bad, but you're not doing it for them. You're doing it because God told you to. So you said you can release yourself. You can get rid of that heavy burden. You can quit crying about this thing because God wants you to have peace. He wants you to have joy. He wants you to be free on the inside. And, and it's God will you forgive. He said if we don't forgive, neither will God forgive us. you got a lot of people walking around now praying for others and, and, and walking, calling themselves walking according to the will of God, but will not forgive. Got hatred, got bitterness, they got animosity in their heart. And expect the same before God in peace. Let me share something with you. God is not a liar. God says, if you don't forgive me as that trespass, neither will God forgive you. So let's start this evening with the word of God, and we're going to get into the lesson. Please go with me, Matthew, the 18th chapter, if you want to find it in your Bible. Matthew, the 18th chapter, the 23rd through the 35th verse. We're not going to bore you, but I'm excited about God's word because he's excited right by himself. We're going to read it with clarity. We're going to read it with excitement. We want you to be excited about the Word. We want you to apply this Word to your life when we get through reading, but that's what it's for. If you apply it to your life, I tell you, it'll do you some good. Uh, it says, therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decides to bring his account uh, uh, up to date with servants who have borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debts that was brought in, who owed him millions of dollars. He couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold, along with his wife, his children, and everything he owned, to pay the debt. But the man fell down before his master and begged him, please be patient with me, sir, and I will pay it all. Then his master was filled with pity for him, and he released him from getting his debt. But when the man left the king, 
he went to a fellow servant who owed him a few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat, demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him and begged a little for a little more time. Be patient with me, sir, and I will pay it. He pleaded, but his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, who were with the king when the king brigade this man earlier, they were very upset. They went to the king and told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant, I will give you that tremendous debt because you plead with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the angry king sent the man to torment him until he had paid his entire debt. That's what my heavenly father would do to you if you refuse to forgive your brother and sister from your heart. Oh, now, ain't that so clear? What I'm glad about the word of God, that is clarity. I really know how to explain that a lot because that's clarity. And what this ever actually represents, you, you, God forgave us far more than we could ever forgive somebody. Just like that king, look what that king did that man. Y'all, read, y'all heard me read the story. The man should have been gracious. He just got, the king forgave him. That means you ain't got to pay me. A million dollars. You don't have to pay me a million dollars. I mean, you, 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 your other words, how long would it have took him to pay a million dollars? Matter of fact, he probably would never been able to. How are you going to pay a million dollars you locked up in prison? So a lot of times that was a life sentence. If you owe a million dollars, you've got to pay it. Then you got to stay locked up until they paid in the family. It'll take them a long time to work out a million dollars. So he's looking at that. So that's like they're locked up forever. And the king forgave him with tears in the eye called a man cried. You know how people be so compassionate? They want compassion, but they don't want to show no compassion. Now that man was hypocritical. He wanted compassion. King forgave him. So his, remember, his whole family was going to be thrown in the prison. Everything he had was going to be thrown in the prison. And the king forgave him, gave him another chance. Otherwise, he don't owe a nipper. He don't owe a dime. He don't owe a penny. He don't owe nothing. Think about this. A million dollars, he don't owe nothing. Should not he have been gracious? Should not he have been kind? Should not he have been nice? But what did he do? He went down the road and found a man that only owed him a few thousand dollars. What is a few thousand dollars compared to a million dollars? And told the man to pay me. And the man did the same thing he did. The man begged for his life. The man said, please, sir, give me a few more days. I'll pay you a thousand dollars. But no, he took the man, roughed the man up, had the man throw it in the prison for the few thousand dollars that the man owed him when the king just released him and let him go free. And you know how people are looking and they're watching. Somebody who was there with him when the king released him from that million dollars also was there when he did this man wrong. They went back and told the king what the man did. And the king had the man arrested again and said to him, should you not have done to him what I done to you? Y'all know the story. Now he's locked up now. He is in trouble. Now he's in prison for the rest of his life because nobody got no money to pay him out. See, they, they ain't a whole lot of friends and people going to pay a million dollars debt for you. So now this man and his family and everything has been sold into prison. They're going to stay there, debt is paid, whether it's tomorrow, next week, next year, or 10 years from now. But however long it takes him to pay the debt, he might have somebody around there who love him enough to come in and bail him out. But until they do that, that's where he's going to stay. What did this verse of Scripture trying to tell us? Why did Jesus tell this parable? Because he was trying to tell us what he forgave us for is far more greater than what anybody else can do to you. Look how many sins the Lord forgave you for when he saved you. Ten hundred thousand million billion. Probably cut some of it short. We have committed so many sins before God saved us until if we had to pay for it, we wouldn't cut the pay for it. And God just spoke the word by the blood of Jesus. Our sins were forgiven, and we were washed by the blood of Jesus. It was put on the blood. All we had to do was confess Jesus accepted as our Savior, and our slate was made clean. And, and, and we all the wrong that we've done all these many years, the many times we cussed the Lord and blasphemed his name and cussed out others and cheated on others and did others wrong. Not only the wrong you did God, but the wrong you did to one another, did it our family. All the millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of sin we committed, he forgave us right then on the spot. And he said, now how can we not? Forgive our brother 
who sin against us every nine days. Not every day. Every nine days. And the scripture said if your brother sin against you, and come back and ask you to forgive them seven times, seventy in one day. Even if they did it in one day, nobody ain't going to do that in no one day. If they did that, you ought to turn around every time and tell them, I forgive you. What does that mean? Have a continual, repentant heart. Mm-hmm. Have, a, have a, a continual, forgiving heart. That's all that Jesus was trying to say. Keep your heart on, you know, look like you was in your car. If you got in your car and you were driving down the road and you put it in, and you, you got in your car and cranked it up and you put your car in D, as long as you put your car in D, then your car going to go forward. It's going to drive. If you put it in reverse, it's going to back up because you put it there. That's how you got to put your forgiveness. You got to put your forgiveness in gear, and you got to put it in the forgiveness gear and leave it in that forgiveness gear. That no matter what come or go, no matter what nobody do to you, but pastor, apostle, you just don't know. I, if I forgive them, it's like they get away with murder. No, baby, they ain't getting away with murder. Because the Bible said, visit in mind, said the Lord. I will repay. They ain't getting away with murder. I know they molest you. I know they think they got away with it. But if they don't get it right with God down here on this earth, they won't, they, oh, they won't have it right when they stand before him in glory. And when they stand before him in glory, he's going to say, depart from me. I know you're not. Your work is in a manipulation. You molest that girl. You molest that man. You molest that child. And you thought you got away with it. You, yeah, they didn't know you did it, but I saw you did it. Uh, they didn't know you did it. You hid it. The family hid it. But God said it, but it been revealed. But the Bible says, don't, what is not revealed now shall be revealed later. So if somebody has hurt you, no matter how personal it is, I, I can come to you this afternoon by the grace of God and ask you to forgive them. Because God said forgive them. He sent me by to tell somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to. If I ain't talking about one person, that's one person that I can cause not to go, go to judgment. Because you hold on to that unforgiveness. Not only is it not going to do them no good or you no good, but it's going to cause you to lose out with God. Your prayers won't be heard. Uh, you'll be lost because the scripture says if you don't forgive me in that trespass, God won't forgive you. Now, how are you going to go to heaven if God don't forgive you for your trespass? You know you want God to forgive you. Uh, that's all right. Cry, but forgive. It's okay to hurt, but forgive. You put it behind you. Let it go. Turn it loose. Don't do like this man here did. And go judging somebody and holding them over the head. Somebody I go, I, somebody I die and go to hell before I forgive them. Well, let me sir, you know this exactly where you're going. You, that ain't a big statement to make because if you don't forgive exactly where you're going to judgment, you're going to stand before God and be cast into outer darkness. So come on and get yourself together. I know it hurt, but let it go. I know it wounded you, but let it go. I know what they did was hideous and bad, but let it go. I know it looked like to get away with murder, but let it go. Colossians 3 and 13, be tolerant of one another and forgive each other. If anyone has a complaint against another, just as the Lord has forgiven you, you also should forgive. You hear what Colossians say? Sometimes we have complaints against one another. She did this to me, and she did that to me, and she lied on me, and she, she messed with my husband, but she messed with my wife, or she messed with my girlfriend, or she lied on me on the job, made me lose that job. Whatever she did, forgive her. Whatever he did, forgive them. Let it go. You done held on to it long enough. Grass done grown up on it. A year done went by, and you still talking about it. Anytime you keep talking about something that somebody did to you, is a sign that you hadn't truly let it go. You hadn't truly forgiven them. And God wants you to truly forgive them. Just like what would God look like? But see, now look at this. Look at the example. What would God look like forgiving you and then he bring it up tomorrow? As soon as you sin, God bring that back up. As soon as you make a mistake, God says, uh-huh, you did this Wednesday. Now you're doing this Thursday. Now you're doing this Friday. God ain't going to do that. What God forgive you, he's been forgiven. For the east, from the west, the north, from the south. He will come not back in this world, neither stand and be a witness against your judgment. Because when God forgive you, he forgave you. You you think that it takes God hours and, 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 and days to forgive you. The moment you ask for forgiveness is the moment that he forgave you. That second right there, when you got to ask him to forgive you, the second after you asked him, it was done. And you still died an hour later asking God to forgive you when God did it an hour ago. 
God is willing. He said he's slow to anger and he's quick to love. Do you hear what I'm saying? Is God will to God? Is God will to forgive you? Is this a God to give you? All God asks you to do is repent. Forgive one another. Don't walk around with this mess in your heart toward one another because it will destroy you. It will cause animosity. It will cause bitterness to occur. Do you hear me? Unforgiveness will cause bitterness to set in. Now your bitterness not only is it defiling you, it's defiling everybody around you. What if God can forgive you and remove your sin debt, then why can't you forgive us? That's question number one. If God can forgive you and remove your sin debt, then why can't you forgive others? And this forgiveness not just go on from sin. It don't go just for somebody sin against you. It may be somebody borrowed some money from you. Bible says forgive them for that debt. But you don't know how much money was. I don't care how much money it was. Forgive them. They ain't paid you back yet. No way. Better number of weeks, number of month, number of year. From the sign, they didn't intend to pay you back. So forgive them. Get that, get that off, get that off your shoulders. The Bible says that's why we we, we quote the Lord's prayer. Then we don't even know what it means. Yes, we quote it all the time. Well, oh, every day we get up, we quote it, and then go tell somebody, somebody owe me. If somebody owe you, don't tell nobody else that. Oh, I have them helping somebody with this right here. But some of you still talking about what somebody owe you. Soon as they name comes, yeah, they might be a deacon, but they owe me. They might be a mother in the church, but they owe me. Yeah, she sang in the choir, she prophesied. I didn't have some money, she ain't paid me back yet. God forbid that you do that because you're messing up their reputation. You let God fix that. If they don't pay you back, yes, they should pay you back. They're supposed to pay you back. But if they don't pay you back, the Lord's prayer says, forgive them their debt. As you forgive your debtors, as you forgive the folk owe you, you owe people. Just like you want to be forgiven for your debt, forgive them for their debt. Let them go that 200 It ain't worth your soul being lost, no $500, $300, $50. I don't know how much it was. Maybe with your shovel, maybe with your hoe, maybe your pig for maybe your car you lent it there. Maybe you gave them your credit card and they, they used it all up and didn't pay you back. Whatever they did to offend you, the Bible said forgive them. Wow. Is that something? Because it's going to work out in your favor. He said, confess our sins, and he is faithful and righteous. Forgive us for our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to confess that. We have to ask the Lord, help me, God. Now, if you have a problem forgiving, then ask God to help you. The Lord, I'm having a problem forgiving this person who, 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 who wronged me, who, who didn't pay my money back, or who lied on me, or who ran out on me, Lord, and left me with all the children, Lord. It hard me to forget that man, Lord. She left me to raise all them children by myself. She left. She left me to raise all these children by myself. Walked out on me, right, right, with knowing that I had all these babies, knowing that it was hard already. Then left me, and I, how can I forgive him? I, he done that because God said do it. You're doing it because God said do it. You're not doing it to please him. You're not doing it to satisfy him. You're doing it because God said do it. And what does the Bible say about unforgiveness? Let's see what it says. Matthew eighteen twenty one through twenty two. Then Peter came to Jesus and said, Lord, how many times may my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to heaven. Jesus, Jesus, again, and I forgive him. Up to seven times, Jesus said to him, I tell you not seven times, but 70 times seven. 70 times seven. Now, if I was sitting here right now and I had a pen, I would write down 70. If you got a pen, you could do that too. So you can remember that it'll help you out. And you take that pen and you write 70. Then you turn and write seven up on the bottom of it. Then you say seven times zero. And you know seven times seven is what? See that 49? 49. Wow. You know what that come out to be? I'm like one of them programs on TV now where they be talking about 10 and 10 and 10 and 5 and 5 and 10 and 10 and 10 and 20. But this is simple here. Seven times 70 is 490 times. And I'm going to write this down on my piece of paper, even though you can write it on your piece of paper, in one day. One day. Now, look, now I didn't say two days. you got to do this in one day. Seven, 490 times are you to forgive that person. So all Jesus is asking, trying to say, because I said earlier, ain't nobody really going to do that against you, no, 490 times. But what he's trying to say, have a continual Oh, can we write that down too? Have, have, 
A, continual forgiveness in your heart. Oh, I hope that happens to somebody this evening. You write that down so you can see that. When you get up in the morning, you be mad at somebody, act like you didn't hear what I said this afternoon, try to push it aside. See, this will be a witness against you. Have a continual forgiveness in your heart. That's what that word actually means. Amen. Leviticus 19, 12 through 18, do not bear a grudge against others, but settle your difference with them so that you will not commit a sin because of them. Do not take vengeance on others or continue to hate them, but love your neighbor as you love yourself. I am the Lord. God is talking, y'all. This way over in Leviticus in the Old Testament, God said, I am God. He said, because when you hold grudges, uh, uh, you sin. Because bitterness going to get in your heart. Uh, animosity is going to get in your heart. Unforgiveness is going to get in your heart. You're going to become angry. You're going to become upset. I, why do you want to take vengeance in your own hand? You're going to begin to hate them. Grudges will turn into hate. How many know grudges will turn into hate? Unforgiveness turn into grudges, and grudges turn into hate. And hate will make you do something. And the Bible says, but, but, but love your neighbor, and you love yourself. I am the Lord. Wow. Look at God, how the way God did do this thing. See, you got to do it. Look, start looking at feelings. You can't, you can't, you can't operate on your feelings. You got to operate on the Word of God. So when you forgive these people, your heart might still be upset. Your heart might still be angry. But you give God something to work with. You're not going to do it because you feel like doing it. You're doing it because God told you to do it. Mark 11 to 25. And when you stand and pray, forgive anything. Forgive anything you have have against anyone so that your Father in heaven will forgive the wrongs you have done. Now, wow, I need, I need to pause on that right there. But this is good for the whole radio world. This is good for all of us. We go off and I give to God. We go to the altar, put that on that table, and know we got mess in our heart. Know we feel mad at somebody. Know we just got to talk about it the other night before church got started. We know we're on the telephone, the telephone, gossiping about them for a long time. And now we're going to bring our gift to the Lord for this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. What a friend we have in Jesus. Jesus said, I want you to have a friend with your neighbor. I want you to have a, be a friend with that one that you hate, that one that you don't forgive, that one that you got a grudge against. Huh? He said, when you stand and pray, uh-huh, he said, forgive anybody that you owe. When you stand, when you start praying, think about it. Who do, who, who do you hate? Who you don't like? Who you're mad at? Who's mad at you? He said, forgive anyone that your heavenly father might forgive you. Forgive them. Tell them, tell, 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 tell God you forgive them. Be honest. Be true. Get your heart clean. Your heart clean in time this season. But unforgiveness will cause so much to lose out with God. Unforgiveness will cause your marriage to, to not get back together. You, God can't fix a marriage where there is no unforgiveness. You got to forgive the husband for that affair. You got to forgive that. What else you going to say with them? Say that with them making them miserable. Don't say that with them or trying to call yourself party to them. You're not no judge. You're not the punisher. If you're going to stay with them and love them, forgive them. Put that reproach behind you, whatever was done. Quit bringing it up. Quit setting it on the table. Quit, quit calling yourself beating them with it because every time they say something, they act like they does it, you throw it up. If you're going to stay with them, forgive them and love them and live peacefully with them. Matthew 5, 23, 24. So if you are about to offer your gift to God, at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift in front of the altar. Go at once and make peace with your brother, and then come back and offer your gift to God. Now, I'm going to read it again. It explains itself. I hope the whole radio world, if you hear what I just said, all in the pulpit, all your apostles, the prophets, evangelists, preachers, teachers, Sunday school teachers, trustees, boys, especially the leaders of the church. You need to be abiding by this right here. So how are you going to tell somebody else something if you ain't doing it yourself? So if you are about to offer your gift to God at the altar, and there you remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of 
compete with your brother and then come back and offer your gift to God. So what is that? What is there for me to explain by that? That explained itself. Go get it right. He didn't say you were guilty. He didn't say you was in the fault. See, that's why we want to because we think that well, I ain't did nothing. It ain't my fault. He said if you think that somebody is ill at you, that somebody angry at you, that somebody got a fault against you, somebody think you did something they upset about, they offended. So I said, if you think that, even though you're not guilty, it ain't got nothing to do with your guilt. It ain't got nothing to do with you right or wrong, whether you guilty or not. He said, if you get there in that altar, and you know that somebody been acting kind of funny for you lately in the choir, in the church, like they don't want to speak to you, y'all used to talk, and look, and you feel like you feel that division, you feel that unction there when y'all like that affliction, hey, but you ain't addressed the issue, but yet you heard that they said that you said this, and you said, well, I don't care what you say. I don't care what she said. I said, I ain't said nothing. I ain't going fix it. God said, go fix it. God said, go and talk to them. Go and confront them. Leave your guilt at the altar and go to them and say, did I do you wrong? Did I say something? Maybe you said something that didn't mean to say it. Maybe you said something to somebody else didn't mean to get back to them because the person you told, you told them not to tell it, and they told it anyway, but they told it in such a way that it made it look like you said it. So now they're offended in you because something had been repeated and they told you not to tell and you told it and you weren't supposed to tell it. So you offended them. And God and God and God's desire is that you go back and fix this. Go talk to them, listen to what they got to say, and don't go there defending yourself. I come to tell you I ain't did nothing. You acting me all funny and everything, and I ain't did nothing. I don't know. That ain't the attitude you're supposed to have. You're supposed to go there, Shata, bo, 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 shay. You're supposed to go there with an armor attitude and listen. You're going to listen. You're going to find out where you where you guilty. You might find out that you're guilty when they get through talking. They may say, well, you talked about me. Well, you repeated something I said. Well, I told you something you weren't supposed to say it. Or somebody said you said this or somebody said that. Well, now, if you ain't said nothing, you have a right to defend yourself after they get through talking. Let them talk first. And then they may find out that they're wrong. When you get through talking, they may apologize. And, well, you know, I'm so sorry because they sure told me you said that. You said, honey, I ain't said nothing. I wouldn't even talk about you. Like, I have not talked to nobody. And by the way, they didn't want to say it. I was just listening. I ain't even put my input in it in no kind of way. See, that's how God wants you to fix it. Then when you fix it, now you can go back to the altar. You can offer your guilt. Your guilt is clean now. Your guilt is accepted. We can't treat one another any kind of way and offer a gift to God. We can't lie on one another and offer gifts to God. We can't gossip on one another and offer gifts to God. We can't break peace with one another and offer gifts to God. When somebody tells you something, you're supposed to keep it in secret. You're supposed to keep it in secret. And when you don't, you did them wrong. And they've been offended by that. So you have to go and fix that. God is concerned about how we treat one another. And then come to him, talking about this little light of mine. I love the Lord. He heard my cry. We got to do these things through one another. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And do unto others, and you have others to do unto you. Huh? That's what we got to do. We got to get back to the old landmark. We had to get back to the old way. And if I ain't to go back the old way, we got to get back to the old school. We got to get back to the meat of the word of God. So it has not changed. God is still holy. God is still righteous. God is still just. And God wants us to treat one another holy. God wants us to treat one another right. God wants us to treat one another just. God wants us to be fair to one another. God wants us to pay our debt that we owe somebody. If you bought money from somebody and you got a job and you can't pay them back, pay them back. Quit taking advantage of them because they're a Christian. Quit taking advantage of your mom and your dad because they're your mom and dad. If you bought money for your mom and dad and you said, Mom and dad, I'm going to pay you back, you go pay them back because you said you're going to pay them back. That's why you should pay them back because you said you're going to pay them back. Quit taking advantage of your family members because they're family members. They got the money. They don't need that money. You didn't say it when you borrowed it. That ain't what you said when you borrowed it. When you borrowed it, you said, I'll pay you back. So go pay your debt. It's called with the Bible said a righteous man pay his debt. So if you're not paying your debt, you might need to check your salvation out. That's what the scripture said. Can I say it again? It's in the word of God. The word of God said that a righteous man, uh-huh. The Bible said a wicked man, he won't pay. A wicked man won't pay. He'll get your money and go the other way running. But the Bible said, but a righteous man borrowed and pay it back. Is you righteous? Uh-oh, messing on somebody's salvation season. All that speaking in tongues you've been doing. All that reading the chips, you know, read it from Genesis and Revelation, they won't pay my $20 back. You better think about what you're talking about. 
Because if you truly been righteous, if you say you is, then you're going to be honest. You're going to be fair in your dealing. Oh, my, my, my. I like that right there. Amen. Matthew 6 and 12, forgive us as we have forgive others. Matthew 6 and 12 says, it's more, it's more to the scriptures, but it talks about forgive us. See, we want God to forgive us as we forgive others. Okay? Okay? Don't give Satan an opportunity. We're still talking about forgiveness. Don't give Satan an opportunity. Second Corinthians 2, 10 and 11. When you forgive someone, I too the deed what I have forgiven. If there was anything you forgive, I did in the presence of the Messiah in your, in your, in your benefit so that we may not be outsmarted by Satan. After all, we are not unaware of his intentions. Paul is talking now. And Paul was talking about forgiving how he had forgave others. And he's trying to teach them how to forgive, too. Paul says, if I haven't forgiven, you can forgive, too. So we have to learn how, sometimes we got to learn how to forgive because ain't nobody told us about forgiveness. We, 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 we thought it was okay for us to walk around the way we were. But, no, you have to learn how to forgive and ask God for help. If you need help, ask God. God will help you. Ephesians 4, listen, Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. Forgive. Be angry, yet do not sin. Do not let the sun set while you are still angry. And do not give the devil an opportunity to work. As long as you stay angry, you open up a door for Satan to work in your life. You give him space. The Bible says give no space to the devil. You give the devil room to make you bitter. You give the devil room to make animosity come in you. Uh, you give the devil room to make anger come in you. The Bible says be angry. But yet, do not sin. Yes, it's okay to be angry. For good people tell you you ain't saved. You ain't no Christian because, girl, she got so mad. I thought she was saved. Well, I come out and tell you she is saved. You can't step on somebody's foot and treat nobody like a dog and mistreat people and think they don't go to get mad. People are human. We got feelings. I got feelings. And I get mad and I get angry. But I know the scripture said there's a limit to it. I can't let my anger make me cuss. I, I, I can't make my anger make me get violent. I can't let my anger let me make take matters into my hands. I can't let my anger make me become bitter. Then I'm sinning now. The Bible says sin not. Don't let this anger make you sin, make you, make you forget who you are. Stay who you are. Be a Christian. Stay humble. Stay gentle. Stay meek. Stay kind. Stay tenderhearted. Don't let nobody make you bitter. Don't nobody, let nobody make you good-hearted because you're holding on to this thing. Be angry, upset. You got a right to be. They did you wrong. They hurt your feelings. Maybe they messed with your wife, messed with your husband, messed with your children. Lied on you, made you lose your job. You got a right to be angry today, for the moment, at the time, but not a year from now. Let it go. That's what I want to talk about. Somebody, as I tell to close out this message this afternoon, let it go. Forgive. God told me to tell you, forgive and let it go. For your own sake, for your soul's sake, for the ministry's sake, for the future's sake. How are you going to preach forgiveness and don't forgive? How are you going to be in leadership position, been an apostle, been a prophet, been a pastor? And then you're going to make an excuse why you don't forgive. Come on, God don't want you. God do want you to. God wants you to expect if you're a leader, you ought to humble yourself because you're an example. How are you going to teach others to forgive if you don't forgive yourself? You are a leader. You are an example of the believer. You are the one who got to carry the torch. You got to forgive first. Then when you forgive, others will follow your example. I know it hurts to forgive. I know it don't seem right to forgive. I know it seems like you've been robbed from what they did to you to forgive. But God said do it. And I pray this evening over the radio world, to each and every one, the sound of my voice, our type of bullshit, that hear this message will find forgiveness. I feel this message real strong this evening. It's going to touch somebody's heart. It's going to cause somebody to change. And when you forgive, baby, you're going to feel so much better. You're going to feel light as a feather. You're going to feel like that you took a weight, a house off your shoulder. You're going to feel like you took the whole world and picked it up off your shoulder when you forgive. And you're going to take about that opportunity. See, Satan got an opportunity now to try to put mess in you because you're bitter, because you unforgiveness. But once you forgive, you're going to shut that door, and Satan can't break down more, not have no opportunity to put that mess in you no more. Leave it all up to the Lord. Oh, now, now this is how you do it. In order, now you, you don't gave Satan an opportunity, but you're going to close that door. Leave it all up to the Lord. Hebrews 
330, but we know the one who said, I will take vision, revenge, I will pay them back. He also said the Lord will judge that, that, that own person. God, see what they've done to you. They are not going to get away. Please listen to me. Go and forgive them and go on about your business. Wash your face. Lift up your head. Put the oil in your forehead. They are not going to get away. I don't care how long it's been. I know it looks like they prospered. Look like since they look like since they hurt you, they done went on and they got them a car and a new home and they got them a business and they done solved a business and the business bringing them thousands and thousands of dollars. That may be true, but I come by to tell you, they're not going to get away what they've done to you. Because if they don't pay now, they is going to pay later. Do you hear what I'm saying? God is not going to do you like that. He's not going to tell you not to forgive them. What does it look like God telling you to forgive them after what they've done to you, and then God don't do nothing about it? God wouldn't be fair. God wouldn't be gracious. Wouldn't he be? He said, get it in mind, said the Lord. I'm going to repay. Get your hands out of it. Leave it alone, baby. Your husband doing wrong? Don't take matters in your own hands too hot. Don't burn his toes up. Don't set the car on fire, girl. Don't throw no grits on him. You quit getting in that car. Riding and knock all them children in that car, trying to find out where your man is, because he got to run around, baby. Forgive him. Go home and forgive him. Put him in God's hands. God can beat him better than you can. God will make him come home. God will straighten him out. But he can't do it if you don't forgive him. You can't sit around there and cuss him all out. Be so mad and so angry. Ain't there no joy in the house. Don't know when the last time you saw joy. You can't wait right now, standing right now. Can't wait for him to get home so you can throw something up in his face. It's time you go to your prayer closet. Yes, Shabbat. It's time you go to your prayer closet and get on your knee, baby, and get that man to God. God will deal with him, honey. Do you not know that when you marry, that God is on your side? God is on your side with that man doing you wrong? Do you not know God is on your side? The Bible says marriage is honorable and the bed and the fire. The homeowner is a dust and God's going to judge. God already judged that man for doing you wrong, and God's going to get him, baby. you got to, you got to get out of it, though. Get them children out of that car. Go on back in that house and look at the television. Go on and put them all on your forehead and give this thing to the Lord. Because God is going to fix it. Oh, he's going to fix it. He said he's going to fix it. He's going to repay them, whoever they be. I don't care who they be. Whoever it be, whoever you out there hurting, whoever you out there, I know, come on, open your hands. Open your hands for me. When you open your hands, you're going to let it go. God said, turn it loose and let it go. Come on. Come on in the spiritual realm. Sha-ba-ba-bo-bo-she. I prophesied it now. Come on in the bullshit. Sha-ba-bo-bo-she. Open your hand. Let it go, Holy Ghost. When you open your hand, it's a sign of releasing. Releasing hurt. Release your husband. Release your wife. Release that boyfriend. Release that, that that supervisor. Release that neighbor that hurt you. Release that person that molest you. Release that person that raped and molest you. Uh, Tuck away your your, your your freedom. Tuck away your uh, your innocence. Yes, I know he can't give it back, but release him. Give it to God so you can free, so you can fly free like a bird, huh? So you can get your peace back, so you can get your joy back. Oh my y'all, you I got excited about that right there. Uh, let it, let it all up to the Lord. Let it go. Let turn it loose. Let it go. God got it. Romans twelve and nineteen. Don't take vengeance, dear friend. Instead, let God's anger take care of it. As all the scriptures say, I alone have the right to take vengeance. I will pay back. Say the Lord. Now here go another verse. God said, Let it go. Turn it loose, dear friend. Let God's anger take care of it. Do you not know you belong to God? Do you not know you're a child of God? Don't you know God ain't going to let them get away with what they're doing to you? Unforgiveness leads to bitterness and hatred. Hebrews 12 and 15. See to it that no one, listen, 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 Hebrews 12 and 15, you can write this down. See to it that no one fail to attain the grace of God and that no bitterness root grow up and call you to trouble or many of you will become defiled. Do you not know that, that unforgiveness will call bitterness? A bitterness will defile you. Bitterness will take your joy. Bitterness will take your anointing. Do you know anything that defiles this day that is spoiled? You can't eat it. It will defile you because you to lose out with God. It will cause you to lose your relationship with God when you become defiled. That means you're unclean. That, that, that means you're unworthy. But the verse said, Romans 12 and 19 said, don't take vengeance, dear friend. 
I know you read the victory. Uh-huh. I'm talking about these folks out there. Might be in a club. You might be in a game. You, you might be game-related. And, and somebody done done your game wrong, and you your game done number, you you really take matters of hand on a drive-by shooting. But God forbid that you do that. Forbidden don't belong to you. I don't care if you is in the game. I don't care if they did do you wrong. God forbid that you get ready to go join that game tonight. You better go put your life on the line. And then when you go out and take that life, when you go out in that drive-by shoot and kill the wrong person, you're not going to get away with it because the eyes of the Lord are true. It's supposed to out all the earth. They're holding the good and the evil. You might think nobody don't know about it. A year done went by, two years went by, maybe ten years went by, and you think nobody don't know that you shot somebody in that drive-by shooting that night, and you thought you got away with it. But I come out and tell you, you hadn't got away. You might have got away now, but you ain't going to get away later. So you got to stand before the great throne of God and give an account for that life that you took that you didn't tell nobody about. So I encourage you to get out of that game. I encourage you to get that mess out of your mind. Quit taking matters in your hands on this drive-by shooting and killing one another and taking one another life because you can't give back what you took. My, 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 my. Yes, bitterness. Bitterness is going to give you a bit. The Bible says let a root of bitterness get in you. You can hold forgiveness alone to bitterness getting you. And that bitterness will trouble you and many people that are around you who will be, become defiled. You go home and defile your husband. You go home and defile your wife. You wonder why your home ain't got no peace in it. And you got bitterness in you. You sit there all bitter. You sleeping in one bedroom, your husband in another bedroom, and you got the doctor to say you ain't bitter. But if you ain't bitter, get out that bedroom and go in that bedroom with your husband. If you want to stay with him, sleep with him. If you won't stay with her, sleep with her. Quit sleeping on the couch. Quit sleeping in different rooms. You're going to do it so long that you're bitter toward one another. Go and sit inside one another. Touch one another. And I know you. I know you're so mad you can't even touch one another. Go get on that couch and sit inside one another and touch one another hands. Touch one another on the shoulder. Touch one another on the face. Get that anger out of you. Get that bitterness out of you. Get that marriage back together. Turn loose and let it go. Let that mess go. Let that unforgiveness go. Let it go. I know it hurt, but let it go. Go back and be the husband you're supposed to be. Be the wife you're supposed to be. Get back in your place, wife. Get back in your place, husband. Love that man. And cry. And husband, love that woman. And Christ love the church. Woman, love your man. And honor him and respect him. If you're going to stay with him, now y'all separated is a different story. If you're going to stay together, quit being mean towards one another. Quit being bitter towards one another. Quit walking around with animosity in your heart. You don't quit cooking. And you don't quit doing your house work. You ain't supposed to stop doing your house work. You ain't supposed to stop doing your duties at the house. You ought to reverence that man and respect him if you're going to stay with him. Let God punish him. Let God deal with him. Oh, I don't even know why I'm going this way, y'all. I'm just trying to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4 and 31. Get rid of your bitterness. Hot-tempered anger. Loud quarreling. Oh, yeah, Christian cussing now. Christian, born-again believer. Talking about the Lord, and he may be in your life, but you need to clean up your conversation. You need to clean up your mouth. Grandma said you need to wash your mouth out with soap. No, you need to wash your mouth out with the word of God. Because the soap ain't going to get that cussing out of you. That soap ain't going to get that bitterness out of you. Soap ain't going to get rid of that hot temper you got. Soap ain't going to get rid of that loud, that, that, that anger. Soap ain't going to get rid of that loud quarreling. Soap ain't going to get rid of that cursing and hatred. It's going to take God's grace to get rid of that mess. That is working on the inside of you now. You hear me? I hope I'm talking to somebody. Give to God grace. Give to God grace. Because you're the foul of yourself every time you cut. Every time you cut, you dis- you're disrespecting the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Uh, let it go. Now, unforgiveness reveals how you feel about Christ. Uh-huh. Now, if you truly want that you love the Lord, then you'll do what the Lord says. You'll do it God's way. Because unforgiveness will show you. John 14 and 24, the one who doesn't love me will not keep my word. The word that you hear is not mine, but it's from the Father who sent me. Jesus is talking. Jesus said, what I'm telling y'all, God told me to tell you. And God told me to tell you to forgive one another. So now if you love me, you will do what I say, and you will forgive one another. But if you don't love me, you will keep on sitting with that mess in your heart. You will keep sitting with that bitterness and unforgiveness in your heart until it defiles you. Unforgiveness is one of the reasons for unanswered prayers. John 9 and 31, we know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but if anyone is devout and does his will, God will listen to him. And the scripture tells us for us to forgive one another, but we don't forgive one another, God won't forgive us. Now, listen, God ain't no lying God. 
your prayer to be unanswered because you sit and pray all the prayers, and here you is with unforgiveness in your heart, and God done told you that if you don't forgive, your prayers won't be answered. Now, how your prayers won't be answered if God don't answer them? God is the only one who can answer your prayer. You can't get around it. I don't care how much you try, you cannot do it. When you won't forgive because of pride, yes, baby, pride will help you not, but pride will cause you not to forgive. Proverbs 16 and 18, pride come before destruction and a holy spirit before fall. Pride will always come before you get yourself in a mess. You said that with all that pride, you said, I ain't going to forgive them. I don't care what they say. Y'all heard what I said earlier. I die and go to hell. Yes, that's exactly where you're headed to. If you don't forgive, you don't humble yourself. Humble yourself and accept what God said and do it God with. Pride comes before destruction. Pride will make you lose out. Pride will make you, pride will destroy you. Pride will destroy your marriage. Pride will destroy your relationship with your children. You know you need to call that child up and tell him you're sorry by the way you acted. Other. Yes, you're the parent. Yes, you're the parent, but you forgot to respect them. As they got 18, 19, and 20, they got up in their, in their, in their teenage, they ain't teenagers no more. They ain't babies no more. And you tell someone, I brought you in this world. I'll take you out of this world and treat them like they still a child, but they're not a child. You provoke them to anger. You're mad at them because they railed on you, but you the one called it to happen because you do, do, do what the children said. The children said to provoke not your children to wrath. You let that child 20 years old, that child 21 years old, you still respect, you respect them like they're 12 and 13. Tell them to come home at 11 o'clock. You come home at 11 o'clock. You come home at 11 o'clock. And now you disrespect them because they came home at 12 o'clock. And you want to act all crazy when you need to have an understanding that they are grown now. They are intelligent. They are grown now. You've got to give them more rope. You've got to release them and quit provoking them and disrespect them in front of their friends like you don't think they're grown. So when I say come, I mean come right now. There's a time to say this. There's a time to tell them when they come. Well, you should tell them to listen. I need to see you in a moment when you get through doing what you're doing. I need you to come and see me. Do it respectfully. Don't provoke them to anger. Amen? When you won't forgive because of pride, so we're talking about pride. Uh, Proverbs 29 and 23, your pride can bring you down. Humility will bring you up. Do you not know that? Your pride can bring you down, and pride will bring you down. If you think prideful and you don't humble yourself, pride will bring you down. It will destroy you. It will destroy everything that got to do with you. Love your enemy. Matthew 5 and 44. But if I tell you this, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemy. Forgive your enemy. Don't hold grudges over your enemy. Hear what your enemy does. Love your enemy. He said, go hug your enemy. He said, love your enemy. Uh-huh. And pray for those. That, but you said, the pastor, they despitefully did that to me. They meant to, yes, they meant to do it. But the Bible said, pray for them because they meant to do it. They despitefully lied on you. <coughs> they despitefully hung your name on the sidewalk. They despitefully repeated what you told them not to say. But what are you going to do? Do the same to them? No. The Bible said, pray for them. Pray for them. Yes, they despitefully did that to you, but pray for them. Romans 12 and 20, but if, it, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. And if he is thirsty, give him a drink. If you do this, you will make him feel guilty and ashamed. How far have we drifted from there? Come on, y'all. How far? How far have we drifted from there? Talking about love your enemy, and he thirst, give him water. So we ready to drown him. We ain't ready to give him no water. We ain't ready to pray for him because our attitude won't let us, because we're in the flesh. Yes, we're in the flesh. And because we're in the flesh, we don't want to do it God's way. He said, if your enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirsty, give him water to drink. God said, if you do this, you will make him feel guilty and ashamed that he did you like he did you, lied on you, hurt you, whatever he done to you. How many know that God is right and we're wrong? Proverbs 10 and 12, hatred stirred up conflict, but love covers over all wrong. If you hate and you keep hating you, they're going to stir up a conflict. It's going to always be trouble because they hate you and you hate them. They hate you and you hate them. They hate you and you hate them. Romans 8, 13, and 14, for if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. But if, 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 if you by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. All those led by God's Spirit 
are God's son. If you want to act like the son of God, if you want God to be pleased, if you want God to be proud of you, then walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. This is how God gets glory out of you when he sees you. How do you walk in the spirit? By doing all them things I told you earlier. That's how you walk in the spirit, by obeying the word of God. When you obey God's word, you walk in the spirit. When you do what God says in his word, you're walking in the spirit. You ain't walking in the spirit because some spirit got on you. You walking in the spirit because you did what the Bible said. This is how you walk in the spirit. You see people all getting all excited, falling all out in the spirit, then get up and lie. Then <laughs> get up and cuss. Then get up and go out the door and do everything they're big enough to do and open up three packs of cigarettes and a can of stuff. That ain't walking in no spirit. That ain't walking in the spirit. You say, oh, they spirit. Oh, look at them. Look, the Lord just knocked them out. He should have knocked them out. He should have knocked all that mess out of them. Amen. He knocked the wrong thing out of them. He knocked them out, but he didn't knock the mess out of them. Then they get up doing all that crazy stuff and got a nerve to disrespect the spirit. Somebody fell out in the spirit and got up in the flesh. How you going to fall out in the spirit and get up in the flesh? How you going to fall out somebody going to knock you all out? Then you'll get up doing flesh the thing and walk out the door mad at somebody. Can't even talk to nobody. Won't even speak to nobody. Won't even shake nobody's hand. And you just came from being knocked out in the spirit. Oh, help me somebody. Now I hope I'm helping somebody. Romans 12 and 2, do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I'm going to let this be the last one, that your testing may be discerned. What is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? Be not conformed to this world. What does he mean? It means quit doing what the world is doing. You can't walk like the world and like God at the same time. You ain't going to know what God will is in your life if you walk according to the world. You're hanging out in the club. You're smoking. You're drinking. You're doing drugs. You're committing fornication and adultery. You're fulfilling the lust of your flesh. And don't even know and then don't even know what the will of God. You ain't gonna know what God will is in your life because you caught up in the flesh. You cannot know what God will is if the flesh is in you. Now I come out and tell somebody this afternoon, let it go. Forgive. Do what the Lord told you to do so he can take you to another level. You've been stuck in that rut you're in. You've been stuck in that ditch you're in. You've been stuck in that place you're in because you won't forgive. And God wants to take you to higher heights. That's why Paul said, forget the things that are behind. Reach forward to the things that are before. I press to the mark of a high, pride of a higher calling in Christ Jesus. You can't press for the mark of a higher calling if you don't forgive. Precious Father, we thank you this afternoon for the word that you've given us telling us to forgive, but we all the room at the top for all of us. But right when we thank the dear God, we all hold it unforgiveness. We all hold it bitterness and animosity. We all feel mad at somebody over something. And it ain't got to be a big thing. It'll be a small thing. But the Bible said a little fox destroyed the vine. We think because it's small, it ain't important. But even a little small thing can make us lose out, God. You said without any spot or wrinkle or any such thing. So help us to truly forgive from our heart, Lord. Help us to truly let it go, God, in the name of Jesus, from the head to the top, from the apostles to the prophets, the evangelists, to the fivefold ministry. We are leaders of God. We're supposed to do a third. Help all the apostles. Help all the pastors. Help all the leaders. Help all the evangelists and the teachers and the preachers. Help us to forgive God. Forgive the members. Lord. We That's the same thing. we got to forgive them, too. These members hurt me at that church. These members did this to me. Oh, I had such a hard time at that church. I ain't going to go there. Every time somebody asks about that church, you talk about what they did to you. You need to forgive them people that hurt you at that church. You need to forgive the people that hurt you in that assembly. You need to forgive the people that hurt you in that congregation. You need to forgive the people that, help you, that hurt you in that denomination that you were in. You forgive, forgive them people that hurt you in the last uh, uh, parish that you, that, that you shepherd. But that's what God wants you to do. Satan wants you to walk around and keep talking about how they hurt you. Talking about them people, them devil. Them ain't devil, them God people who need help. Them, that's why he sent you there to help them. If they were perfect, he wouldn't have sent you there. So armor yourself and ask God to forgive you so you can go on. So if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be a pastor, you're going to be a pastor. If you're going to walk in a position, you have to condition yourself. And forgiveness got to be the number one key in you. And you've got to forgive them, people, because if you don't forgive them, you can't pass them. If you don't forgive them, you can't, you can't be over them because it's going to get the best. It's going to burn you out, and you're going to find yourself coming short of the glory of God. So we thank God you this evening, God. We ask you to now help us. Help us heal, God. Help them. I don't help, help them, Lord. Help them. Help Help them. Help us, God. Help us to lay down every wake and see or evil set us. Help us forgive, God, those that hurt us. Wounded us and offended us, God, no matter how personal it might be. 
and show that the glory show that heal now. Heal that heart that's been wounded. Heal that heart that got to forgive God, that person that hurt them so bad. Heal now. Heal in the name of the Father. Heal in the name of the Son. Heal in the name of the Holy Ghost. Heal now, God, and do it in Jesus' name. And the glory and the honor and the praise shall be God. In Jesus' name, we just pray and lift you up and we magnify your name. In Jesus' name, amen. Father. You have it, Apostle. <laughs> I usually <laughs> finish it out after prayer and hang up. They don't need me. All right, yes. <laughs> yeah, we say we need everyone, please. It's a great, yeah. It was a great word and message. Truly, we were blessed. So what I usually do when you finish praying, is nothing else to say or do but say goodbye. Okay. To God be the glory. Thank you. Yeah. Bye-bye.